Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. Today, uh, we're kind of in the second week of this series called Because, and we're doing something very different, and it requires your help this morning. And this may feel a little bit awkward or whatever, but that's okay. There's some participation that's going to be, that you're responsible for, and and we hope that you enjoy this process. What I want you to do right now is if you have a smartphone or a smart device, go ahead and pull it out, because uh, you're going to interact with us via your device um, and for those of you who don't have a device, that's fine. Uh, we'll have some paper and pens. We're so if retro you need paper here. Paper pens, raise your hands, and the ushers will come around and help you get it out. Yeah, those of you who want to keep it old school. The, when we come to the response time, if you have a response, just hand it, wave it up in the air, and one of the ushers will come bring it to us, or maybe I'll run down and get it from you. So if you want to um, connect your device to the Wi-Fi, we've got three opportunities so it doesn't get bogged down. Uh, you can get on the TWC Wi-Fi, Cafe 2.4 or Cafe 5.0. And there's a place that you're going to log on to in a minute. We'll show that to you where you can ask us questions and interact with what we're doing. Uh, and with that, I'm going to hand it over to Ross because he's going to intro the morning. All right. So we're going to jump in. If you want to get, actually get to the page right now, it's actually on the screen right there. Go to quest.org slash share. So type that in. And you can get there in just a few minutes. We'll tell you what to do at that site. Uh, but we're going to jump right in by looking at our core series scripture first. Our core series scripture comes out of 1 Peter 3, and it reads this way. Always be confidently prepared to share the hope-filled reasons why you wholeheartedly follow Jesus as your Lord. And do it in a gentle and respectful way, keeping a clear conscience, so that even in the ways in which you are slandered for your faith and for living in a different manner because of following Christ, those who speak disdainfully of you may humble themselves and soften their hearts because of slandering you for doing good, and you being so gentle and respectful even when attacked wrongly. So, we've been diving into this scripture, and the scripture is really all about confidence. And it's all about us learning to share our faith with respect and kindness. And part of that confidence comes back to uh, many of us, uh, we, we struggle with our own faith. We struggle with these questions of, of what our culture says is right and what we hear people talk about the Bible saying right. And when there's dissonance between those two, we struggle knowing, well, what really is right a lot of times? What really is true? And it leaves us a lot of times like James 1 talked about, we talked about last week. James 1 uses the metaphor of being tossed to and fro, being double-minded, being slammed, slapped back and forth by the waves of the ocean because we get in these situations where we don't really know, we aren't confident what the answer should be and how we should believe and what we should think and how we should therefore live in the midst of some difficult questions. And it creates anxiety for us. It creates tension for us and oftentimes prevents us from experiencing the peace and the goodness that God wants us to experience. But also, we a lot of times may know what we think and what the Bible teaches, and we may be pretty firm on our belief, but we struggle with questions because we don't know how to share that with somebody who disagrees or thinks differently with us in a way that doesn't end up in um, a lot of conflict being called 
intolerant or a bigot or being unfriendly and adding tension to the relationship. And so this series is all about us doing that. Today, we're going to do a, lead you through a process that's going to be a totally different Sunday, unlike any we've had here before. So let's just have fun with it. The process today is going to be, we're going to take your live questions online in just a moment. We'll tell you to start that in just a, a moment. And as, as they're coming in, I'm going to be kind of reading them, looking at them, and, and Jeremy's going to be trying to try to summarize them into some short statements on the flip chart that you'll be able to see. And, and then we're going to talk and have a little bit of a conversation about how we can have questions, use questions to help in our conversation around these difficult questions that we're going to be submitting. Jesus used questions a lot. One scholar says Jesus asked 157 questions. I don't have enough toes and fingers in my family to count that high, so I didn't count that. I'm just going to trust that scholarship scholar counted it right. But the point is Jesus used a lot of questions with people. And, uh, and so we want to learn how to use questions well. And then what we're going to do is we're going to actually ask you to break down in some small groups within your set sections. And I know that's a little uncomfortable in this large setting, especially if you're newer and you don't know people. Here, you have permission not to respond if you don't want to. Just sit on the edge of a group and listen if you want to. And I'm not, we're not going to ask you to share anything personal. We're just going to brainstorm around some different ways of how we can understand these questions you've asked better. And we're actually going to take three of them off the, off the board and assign them to different sections. And then we're going to get you to give us some feedback as well on that so we learn even more. And then we're going to end our day by using the clickers you got when you came in. So if you didn't get a clicker, could you raise your hand? Uh, and, uh, and the ushers will come by and make sure you have one. We're going to vote on the ones that you put, that we, that we summarize that you give us up here. We're going to vote on the four that you want us to deal with over the next couple weeks. So you get to vote four times on the same slide. And you're going to see the live interaction up here of what everybody decided were the four things. Now, understand, the first service already voted, so we may have to put the two together to come up with the top four, and it may not be the exact top four here, but we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So um, so this has got a lot to do today, and, uh, and so if you've got a mocha with you, take a swig of it right now, get a little more caffeine in your system, and we're going to jump right on in. So, uh, you know, if you... Um, so last week, we left you with a, uh, an assignment. Now, if you weren't here last week, I'm just going to quickly summarize that so you're not going to be left behind. You're going to be right on the page with us, so don't worry about it. What we left last week was the idea that if you are unsure of your faith, if you aren't really sure about believing in Jesus or you're actually kind of against believing in Jesus and you're here with us today, then, then here's what I suspect you want. You're probably, you want a good, confident Christian around you who's going to be able to have conversations with you if you're interested in even talking about the faith. And you're going to want them to be gentle. You're going to want them to be respectful of who you are. And you're going to want them to give you enough room for you to make the decisions at your own pace and feel really good about that friendship. You don't want an antagonist in your face all day long, right? And so if that's you today, then that's what this series is really about. We're trying to teach ourselves as believers how to have those conversations in that kind of a way so that you feel that if you're not a follower of Jesus. And what I want you to start thinking about right now, if you're not convinced about Jesus, is what are the questions that form the barriers that keep you from following Jesus, from being a Christian? So start thinking about those questions right now. If you're here and you're a believer and you're convinced of who Jesus is, then what you really want is you really want to have a confident faith. You, you don't want to be this James tossed to and fro by the waves, uncertain about this, always feeling that tension. You want to really wrestle with some things and come to a place of confidence 
and peace and certainty in the way you approach life. Or maybe you've already got that, but you just aren't really confident of how to have those conversations. And so this is going to be about you becoming confident, more confident in those uh, situations of conversation with friends around you. So get out your smartphones, your tablets. If you got brought a laptop, bring a laptop. If you didn't bring one or you don't have one, bring your laptop next week. Uh, as well, because we'll continue to have some live interaction all throughout this series. But, but today, uh, uh, you go to that, go to quest.org slash share. Uh, there's a 200 character limit on your questions, so we give you 25% more than Twitter. We're being generous. Okay, you can get a good question in, in, the, in 200 characters. And start submitting those questions right now that you have around these two topics. The questions are, what are your questions about God and faith? Can we put the previous slide up? I know they're, they're starting to give. What are the questions about God, faith, Christian morality, or being a follower of Jesus that you struggle having confidence in your own beliefs and how you relate to biblical Christian teaching, or you aren't confident uh, that you could have a reasonable, clear, gentle, respectful answer or conversation with a friend who isn't convinced? So your questions are already coming in fast, so let's, let's start reading them. When having I, a conversation, did you put one up? I already put one up. Oh. I, I started with the, uh, um, how can a loving God let bad or evil happen? That's my paraphrase of it. So. All right. How should we deal with frustration or praying for someone's salvation for a long time without any result? That's actually, a, there's, there's a, another question that came in first service similar to that. How do we deal with our faith and continue to stay engaged in prayer when we don't see answers to those prayers? Right? That's frustrating, isn't it? And that's difficult to explain to somebody who's even seeking faith. question about politics when can when candidates wave around the bible and say they're promoting christian values but those really aren't christian values that's an interesting thought interesting question do we need to be active in our life or sit back and let god give us signs for what direction we should be taking or how do we balance that so so it's almost a question that sounds like around how do we know god's presence how do we know god's leading how do we know when it's really him and when it's really us. The Bible says homosexuals and adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is that true? That doesn't seem very forgiving. Will they not go to heaven? We're not going to deal with that one, are we? I'm just kidding. We are. <laughs> put it up there. Who or what made God? How can I know the Christian God really exists? How can I know the Christian God really exists? That's a great that's a question. I have two questions about the, the homosexual gay issue. Okay, this is, a, this is a fun, interesting, well, fun, interesting, good way to ask the question. If my so-and-so, if somebody is going to hell, then I want to go to hell with them. So it's the whole question of hell and the reality. Um, do, we want to, do we want to ask that in the context of uh, a judging God, a God who judges? How can a God who judges and has hell be, be, uh, be a good God? Does that make sense to ask it that way? I think. 
I'm just paraphrasing, so sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. If God made the earth and asked us to take care of it, why aren't Christians in the church more active in taking care of it? I'll find you. These aren't anonymous. They are anonymous. They are anonymous. Just relax. They are anonymous. <laughs> Unless you're a hacker, which none of us are. What was that one before that that was much better? <laughs> so it's kind of an ecology question. Ecology, uh, okay. An ecological responsibility question. Okay. I was forced into divorce and I didn't want to. How does God see this? I, I didn't want to sin. It is a good one, and, and, there's, and, the, and it's not just the divorce issue, is it? It's, it's how do we how do we view our own sin, and how do we view? Uh, I mean, sin is a, sin is sin is around us too. It's uh, people around us force us sometimes, or, or challenge us, and push us to do things that aren't right. What am I missing here? Am I missing one that's, uh, that, I'm, that everybody sees up there that, that, that's important? Go ahead and yell it out at me. Why does God heal one person and not the other? I don't know one. if that's a separate one or part of the part of the answered prayer one. It might be a separate. It might be a separate one. I mean, there's enough to deal with two topics on that. But what do you tell your children when they ask if their non-Christian relatives are going to hell? That can be a subset of I think of the of the heaven or hell and judgment and how we deal with that because we're going to be talking about how do we how do we talk about these things in a way that's reasonable and right and communicates relationally well. What was the question about divorce? Um, I was forced into a divorce and I didn't want it. How does God see this? I didn't want to sin. Okay. I understand we can't know God's sovereign plan, but how do we explain to non-believers when children and innocent people die of diseases or other causes? Maybe we need to break out the healing into a separate one where we talk about the sovereignty of God versus versus uh, faith and our responsibility and kind of include that idea under that. And we have the question, is there ever a just time to kill? How many are we at? Ten. I'm going to put... Uh, We're at ten? Okay. So our clickers only handle ten questions. So is there anyone up... Is there something that somebody submitted that's not up there in some form of connection to a question or connection to a summary that I'm missing? If you don't want to yell it out, then, yell, then write Ross and say this, and I'll see it come up with my name. Okay? All right. Now, what we're going to do is um, we're going to take these questions. We're going to Ross and I are going to synthesize them a little bit, 
and we're going to let you guys participate with us in this process. So practically speaking, what we're going to do is we're going to make uh, this section, you guys are going to deal with one question. Middle section, you guys are going to deal with another question. And this far right section, you're going to deal with a question. And what we're going to have you do is break up into groups of four or five. Uh, we don't want them too much bigger than that because we want to give everybody an opportunity to interact with one another. And in your group, you're going to be um, addressing the question from a different way. Because what we sub- suspect and what we believe is that a lot of times when people ask these questions and we get into these apologetic kind of conversations where we're defending our faith, um, there's something that's underlying in the question that they're asking. So, for instance, if we're talking about, um, you know, a question about hell and a judging God, someone who's asking that question may have something going on in their life that they're, they, they have a fear of hell or they have a fear of a loved one going to hell or something along those lines. And so if we understand what is going on in their life or if we think about that, then we may, may be able to reframe the question so that we can answer it in a much better way, in a more winsome way, and continue the conversation. Because at the end of the day, we really believe that this kind of thing is done better in conversation rather than, you know, with someone preaching at someone. So we want to engage in this. So what we're going to ask you guys to do is to to answer this question. Why would someone be asking me this? What's going on in their life? And obviously you're having to make assumptions, but that's okay. Um, what, what's going on in their life that's causing them to, to ask this question? What's the trigger? And then what I want you guys to do as a group is to then say, how can we reframe the question or ask another question to get to the heart of the issue? This is just a practice. It's an exercise in, in creating a better conversation around the things that we believe about God. So we're um, not, we're not, we're not asking you to give answers right now. We're just asking you, what are the many different reasons why someone might be motivated to ask this question of you? And then just questions back, not answers, just what question might I ask them that would be helpful to our conversation? Okay? So let's jump into, let's jump into groups of uh, three to six right around you. Make sure, look around you, make sure nobody's left out. Let me and, add, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm, let me add one caveat to that. Um, as you're dealing with this in your groups, and you're reframing the question, I want to encourage you not to ask the question back, why are you asking this? It may be a great question, however, uh, it, it might miss the point. So, so leave that one out, ask other questions, okay? So stay away from the why. Okay, so you guys ready for your question that you're going to deal with? This section, you guys get to deal with the homosexual question. Why would somebody ask you in the many different ways they might ask it? What does the Bible say about, why does the Bible label homosexuality a sin or, or am I going to hell? All the different ways that question might be asked. Why might someone ask you that question and how could you ask a question that would help the conversation? Okay? For this section, let's do, uh, how can a loving God be bad or how can a loving good God allow bad to happen? You get that question. What are the many different reasons why someone might ask you that question? And then what questions could you ask? This far section over here, so the two middle sections are doing that one. The far section over here is, uh, which one was the How do we keep faith? How do we keep, how do we keep faith when our prayers go unanswered? Or when someone's healed but not the other person's healed? That kind of a question. How do we keep our faith 
How to, if someone's asking that question, why? What are the many reasons why they might be asking that question? Four minutes or less. We'll see how the interaction's going, and then we're going to ask for your feedback. So the way the way this is going to work is uh, someone from your group is going to be the spokesperson, and you're going to make your way to the microphones. We're going to start with this this section over here first. Um, you're going to make your way to, your, to the microphones, and you'll just um, tell us what your group came up with. What are the reasons why someone might be asking this question? And also, these are the questions that we would pose back in those instances. And then we'll just dialogue about that briefly. So we'll we'll start over here. So if um, you guys can identify a spokesperson, and that if that person can make their way to the aisle and and uh, um, start speaking into the microphone. While we're at that, um, these two sections in your groups, if you can identify someone who will be the spokesperson for your groups. Yes, from each group, one person from each little group. Tom, you can go ahead and start. Okay. Uh, what we thought the most obvious reasons why people would ask that question would be that some they have either themselves or a friend or someone close to them, family member, uh, for whom that's a concern. Um, another reason they um, would may ask the question is because of their particular view of what love is between two human beings. Uh, another reason that we thought of why they might ask the question would be um, what their view of Christian love toward others is, which... I believe is separate from the previous question about uh, maybe romantic love versus Christian love. So, um, yeah. And then what might you ask them to help out the conversation? Uh, well, I think, again, depending on what you believe their question is, um, maybe you might ask, well, is that a concern for you or uh, someone you care about or someone you know, or um, ask them, well, what do you think about love, or um, what do you think about um, the uh, how Christians love or tolerate others? Mm -hmm. and, and I think any of those questions are going to reveal more about why they're asking. Yeah, those are those are fantastic ways to reframe it because um, in in those questions you do two things. Uh, one thing is you're you're actually you're qualifying like you're, you're creating definitions for those words. So you're allowing that person to then define what love is, and and that's a, a really important thing to do here because there it, it it reveals underlying things. But the other thing that you're doing is um, you're making it personal. You're taking something that is theoretical and and you're making it personal to them by by you know asking them you know is this something you have concern for for a loved one or yourself and and when you you do that, you begin to engage this question in a way that isn't, um, you know, huge, but it becomes small and a little bit easier to manage. But those are those are fantastic um, redirect questions. That's good. Jeremy, we, we agree with the questions that we would ask back, but we have two other reasons why someone might ask the question to us in the first place. And on the topic, one might be, is the person trying to be divisive? Mm -hmm. Are they trying to draw, you know, drive a wedge between and highlight maybe some bad behavior? demonstrated by Christians. And then the other one is to tackle, is this a choice or are people born that way? Those are, those are fantastic thoughts too. And, uh, the first one I, I like because it highlights, um, a tactic that, that Jesus used when he was asked questions. And, uh, we'll talk, 
I have a feeling that we're going to address this issue uh, later in the series because it seems to be a, a pretty hot topic. And um, I also have a feeling that Ross is going to try and give it to me. Uh, <laughs> I did it last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, uh, what I, what I want to do is, is um, uh, I'm not saying I'm going to take it, but... Uh, it, what, like Jesus, when he was asked a lot of questions, uh, questions were set meant to trap him, to get him into a place where whatever answer he had was wrong. And, and sometimes this question, because it's such a hot topic and other ones that are like it, the, the person who's asking it is just wanting to catch someone in a trap. And, and so, uh, there are ways to, to deal with that and, and ask questions around it so that you can, um, you know, really get to the heart of the issue. And, um, well, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. So, so the problem when you don't write well, you have to do the answers. So. <laughs> um, we agreed with the other two groups where um, perhaps something happened in this person's life that, you know, they were molested or they were part of um, role confusion that maybe they... They might ask this question because they're not sure themselves what their role is. Um, one of the first questions we had, too, is why God made me this way? Because, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. So if this is my character, if this is my thoughts, then why would God not love me for being like this? Yeah. Um, and then to the second question, um, we would try to ask, okay, did you experience something or were you a part of something that this might have been something that happened to you? Yeah, and how recent stuff came up is a, is a big issue because if it's something that came up recently that forced them to do the, the force that is driving this reason, then you, you may not want to even answer yet. You may want to just spend time caring for that reason. So did you hear how different the answers would be to, to different reasons why they're asking it? Can you, can you grasp that? I mean, I, I've had people who are struggling with homosexuality, but it wasn't really homosexuality. They were abused sexually by somebody in the church. And it caused them to have huge identity crisis in who they were. That's a very different thing than somebody who's just saying, I've always felt this way. Or somebody who's saying, I want to just paint you as an intolerant person. All of those are different ways that we need to think about how we respond to build a bridge of friendship so we can have honest conversation is the goal. This middle section, what was our question again? For the middle section, it was the, uh, how can loving God be, uh, how can a good loving God allow bad and evil to happen? That was the question. Go ahead and run to the mics there on both sides here. So just grab both mics, somebody from each group. And Go ahead, Mitch. Let's hear the questions. Go ahead. The, the, uh, the reasons we thought people might ask that would be when something happens in the news, like with what happened in Paris or 9-11, or even when it's something that's a tragedy that happens close to home, whether it's someone close to you dies or, you know, something tragic happens. So the questions that we thought uh, that we would ask were, you know, is this something that you've dealt with personally, a tragedy of some sort in your life that you need to delve into and maybe seek some sort of help or counseling with? And then also with kids, um, you know, we thought it might be something that needed to be handled even more delicately because kids are still trying to figure out how the world works and how their relationship with God works. The same can be said for adults, but with children, even a more delicate situation. Um, and one of the questions that I thought was good was, have you ever seen God do something good 
out of something that bad that happened, kind of the God works for the good in all things, so that we uh, need to be patient and, and encouraging people to be patient and to look for good results in the long run, even though a tragedy might have happened. And then finally, we thought um, another good question would be is, is, are you asking God to control everything in our lives and not give us free will and that, you know, living in a broken world that sometimes bad things happen as a result of our free will. So that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Okay, so our question was how can a loving God let bad things happen? Mm-hmm. Why would well, somebody ask that? Well, they either had experienced something bad in their own life or know someone that has, and they're trying to come to terms with it. So the thought was to acknowledge the question by simply saying, uh, that's a good question. And But uh, thinking on it, uh, it might be good to maybe share a personal experience where something had happened bad to you or difficult with you and then, you know, share how you had overcome it. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. One of the big issues, one of the big issues with this thing is, is your initial whys are all about did something happen to you and that's the right place you need to go and the next place you need to go with that is what was it and even more important, when did it happen? If it was Paris a few weeks ago, and you didn't know anybody in Paris, that's a very different response than yesterday um, my sister died. In that moment, because apologetics is not about just reasoning, it is about relationship. If it happened yesterday, you're not giving reasons, you're not sharing stories, you're just listening and you're just caring and you're going, can we bring you a meal? How can we care for you? What can we do for you right now? Because our goal in apologetics is is to represent the relationship God has for us to the other person. So they experience that same kindness. That's great. And I had had one other thought too, Ross, as you were uh, sharing, that this is probably one of the reasons why we're encouraged uh, often throughout the scriptures about sharing our testimonies. Mm -hmm. Because even though we... Uh, this way we're, we hear about how God is moving in our individual lives, but we also are acquiring almost like a catalog of experiences, how other people have experienced those type of issues. Yeah. And um, so it would help us to relate to yeah. other people too. Our story is a valuable part. Yeah. But just in, in this exercise, what we're trying to get at is be careful. Let's bring the story. We don't, we don't get to the answer. We don't get to our stories until we understand until we ask questions. But our story is a very valuable part. Bill, anything to add to that from what's, what's um, been said? Yeah, basically we had the same the same uh, idea as far as getting to the root of where is this coming from, you know, finding the idea of uh, usually a person asks that question when a tragedy has affected them personally, um, whether it be, you know, a, a, a young child dies, you know, and why would God let that happen? Or like you said, the my sister died, you know, from cancer. Why would God let that happen? There's nothing wrong with them. And then the, the same idea, too, of, you know, how do all these people who have so much money, you know, but they're crooked, you know, why, why does God allow that? And, you know, kind of the flip side. And getting to the point of figuring out 
you know, our question basically came down to what situation are you speaking of specifically, you know, to get to the idea of where is this coming from so that we could actually, like you said, the, the idea of getting to help that person on a, on a personal level. So uh, basically our question was just the same as, you know, awesome. where is Thank it coming you. from? Awesome. This group. Oh, you had one more? I from the, yep. one yep. little caveat to add there. We kind of also talked about um, one of the questions that you could ask is, you know, we often ask why, but we don't often ask what do we do now. You know, it's a reality that bad things happen. After you're listening and helping a person process, sometimes we would want to ask, what can we do with this knowledge? What can we do now yeah. that we know this stuff has happened and there's nothing that we can do to change that situation, but how do we move forward from there? And how do we learn to navigate life now in the light of this current situation? So we talked about that as well. Yeah, because somebody who's facing that question might not be wrestling so much with the question. They might be wrestling with their powerlessness. Right. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Great. Okay, so this, this section, how do we keep our faith when our prayers seem unanswered? Some of, the, some of them are, some of them aren't. What, what, why might somebody ask that question? So much like uh, the two other groups had mentioned, uh, they could be personally dealing with something, so you obviously want to uh, get to the heart of that, or they could be seeing a loved one or a friend uh, going through something. Um, but in, in an unrelated idea, they could be at a point of growth in their faith, and this could be something that they can't seem to explain for themselves or be able to explain to others. So um, that could be a good opportunity for them to be... Um, Hitting that growth spurt in their faith. Uh, to the second question, excuse me. Uh, of what, what, what might you ask to help the conversation? Yeah. We, uh, you could ask uh, what provisions have you seen or um, what things have you noticed that could be changing in your life? Because it could be a matter of them not recognizing um, the way God could be answering their prayers. So it could be a way for you to uh, kind of shed the light on their situation that they might otherwise not see. Um, you could also, depending if you have a, an understanding of, of that person, um, start to ask about their, their beliefs of God and belief of heaven. And, um, the question could be, what, what do you think about heaven and the end of suffering there? Um, and then also, who is God for you when you imagine God? Who is, who is he to you? Uh, because they could very well have a, a conditional understanding of God that they may have to do things to receive from God. Yeah, yeah. JJ, I like those um, the questions that you brought back because what I think you're doing, uh, or what you accomplish with that, is an opportunity to expose contradictions. You know, if if they are saying, "I don't feel like God is answering my prayer," but I've seen Him answer my prayer in another time. Like if you help them to process that out, then you're almost, they ultimately answer the question for themselves, which is one of the more healthy ways to come to this apologetic when they can own it themselves. Those are fantastic questions. Um, like the other groups, we, you know, for the, the practical or the literal came up with, um, because they themselves have had some unanswered prayers. Um, it could be from general curiosity to maybe a sense of hopelessness or a place of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we figured that, you know, asking them what specifically, if you're comfortable to share, have you been praying about 
that's kind of the, the straightforward yeah. leading one, but there's also more of a softer general, you know, have you had any other prayers that were unanswered or are answered? And to open up for conversation, dialogue there. And then also asking if they would be okay, <clears throat> whether it's here and now or away from the here and now, if we could share in that uh, prayer effort. Yeah. Yeah, I like your, I like your question of uh, asking what they're praying for because, who knows, they might be praying for the $1.5 billion lottery. <laughs> Not anymore. That money's gone. Go ahead. Go ahead. So um, we came up with um, they must have a prayer or a need, whether it's a need or a want that's not being answered. So right. that's probably why they would ask that. Um, we would ask, you know, why do you think your prayer is not being answered and somebody else else's mm-hmm. is? Just to kind of see where they're coming from and maybe mm-hmm. dig a little deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might ask, uh, could it just be a timing issue? Maybe it's not in God's time yet, but, you know, if you keep waiting on the Lord, then eventually it'll come through for you. Um, you can flip the perspective a little bit, and if they have kids, or if you ever were a kid, which we were all, all were, just ask about something that you asked your father for that you didn't get, and ask questions about, well, why Why did you not get that? Was it because your dad didn't love you, and he didn't want the best for you, or is it because he knew that there was something better that you needed? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, I can't read my writing. Oh, um, maybe you prayed for something and you asked for something that you didn't get, um, but what you didn't, what you got instead was better, or you were able to use that unanswered prayer and whatever came out of that um, to, to better others or for a, a better way in your life. Mm-hmm. Great questions. Great questions. The why question that you asked at first, why do you think you might not be getting at that, getting at that gets, at, gets at one reason that JJ kind of alluded to just a second ago. But the question may not be at all about unanswered prayer. It may, it may be all about them not feeling good enough for God. And that may be the qu- struggle. They're just phrasing it in terms of God not answering prayer. But the real question is, I don't feel good enough for God to answer my prayer. And that's a different conversation, isn't it? Okay. Um, we had similar answers. Um, the question of prayer being answered or not um, could be... Because some, a lot of times those things come up when someone died after you prayed. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have, we didn't have this down, but chronic illness, mm-hmm. you wonder why you have to live with that and mm-hmm. God doesn't heal. Um, so the questions to ask um, to try to see where they are, it may be bad theology it just and and where that comes from what yeah. what their experience in the past has been with with biblical teaching or not and yeah. <clears throat> um, maybe ask them what they believe the Bible says about that um, also when you talk about healing what's their definition of healing um, sometimes people have um, questions about that or their belief system would say that healing means this mm-hmm. when God's uh, definition is far different from that. Yeah. Great. Great feedback. I hope you'll walk away just from this just 
expanding and challenging yourself to not answer as quickly and to just start asking questions and really understand because depending on their answer, it could be a completely different thing you need to talk about. And you could start talking about what you think they're asking and you're just going like this the whole time. And that may be what's going on in some of your faith conversations with people right now. You may be just answering what you think they're asking and you're just, you're just not even on the same plane and you're hitting a brick wall and it's because you haven't asked enough questions to really understand yet. So what we're going to do right now is take out your clickers and we're going to take time to, uh, uh, to, to vote. You can take four votes, which means uh, if you accidentally click one, that you go, on second thought, I don't want that one, it will take your last four clicks. So you can click the ten different things, but your last four will be the ones that you vote for. So you can vote for four of these, and we'll try to, we'll, we'll combine them with the first service results and come up with a way to deal with uh, the top four for the rest of these four weeks. So take time, about 30 seconds now to get that done. And... Responses are still coming in. All right. About 10 more seconds. So if you haven't made up your mind on which four, punch them in fast. Or we're not going to answer your question. (laughs) Awesome. So how do we discern God's leading? Comes out top. And it looks like why is being gay a sin comes out next. And then it looks like, how do I, do I respond to radical or rude Christians? We can have a lot of fun with that one. I don't know. There's plenty of stuff that Jesus does on that, and that, that, that's actually really quite fun and provocative. And that could be... Okay, why would a loving God allow evil and or condemn people to hell? And how can I have faith when my prayers are unanswered, healing or otherwise? Okay, we'll combine those with the rest. And, and I, I want you to know, I, I saw, and I don't know why, for this service, some of them came in later after we had closed it down. We had like four, five, six of them come in, so I don't know if it was just slow internet. But there's a lot of specific questions you answered, asked about specific issues that can be lumped under one of these categories. So we'll be able to deal with a little bit more uh, of those things as well over the next couple of weeks. So thank you for your voting. Yeah, so um, over the next few weeks, we're going to have a ton of fun talking about this kind of stuff. And, and I'm, I'm excited to address a lot of these. And uh, if, if there is something I, I want to make this, if you, your question was missed somehow, uh, feel free to email Ross or myself and, and put it in there. And um, it's probably better if you do it in paper mail and include money as well, then we probably will answer it. Um, I thought about auctioning off a question for Questcare. <laughs> but we that's, didn't do it. That's a good idea. So uh, ultimately what we want to do throughout the series is um, uh, to help us wrestle in a better way with these real questions, with the, the, the things that are going on, Dig, digging down to the motive behind why people are asking questions. And, and uh, so we want it to be a practical exercise. We want to get better at it. And um, we really do hope, too, that throughout, throughout the next um, you know, few weeks, that as you're at, at your workplace or in your neighborhood or around the people that are you consider your five, the people you're trying to reach out to, uh, to share your faith with, that you will allow the questions that we're dealing with to, um, you know, create new conversations for you to engage with them even before we get into it. So start asking them questions, ask them, you know, why they are, um, wanting to know more about this and, and allow this process that we go through to, to just, 
uh, encourage and catalyze that, that conversation that you're having with your, your five people that you want to know more about Jesus. Yeah, and don't worry about making answers if you're not confident right now. But when we do start responding and sharing our faith with people, we just need to remember, again, apologetics is not just about a rational argument. It's about a relationship. And our most important thing that we do, if we're really doing what Peter tells us to do, to provide a hope-filled reason, we are always connecting people to a view of a God who is loving and kind and gracious and compassionate, a God who sees us in our weakness and sees us in our sin and cho- chose himself to take responsibility to be part of the, to be the solution to that for us. That kind of a God is the picture we're painting in our relationships with people. So it really is all about that in our conversations of faith. And I want you to pursue those conversations over the next couple of weeks and just see what God does with you. Would you just allow me to pray? And let's just ask God to continue to be with us, to help us grow in confidence in our own faith and to help us grow in confidence that we can have these conversations as friends, gentle, respectful, even on the most difficult topics. So, Lord, we know that's what you want for us, so we ask that confidently of you right now because we know you want to do it for us. So I ask that you would help each one of us have the thoughts we need to have, have the questions that erupt within us, have the conversations that we need to have with ourselves, with our friends, with our five and to remember things over the next few weeks that would allow us to grow in confidence, that we would not be swayed and feel the pressure of culture around us, but we'd walk confident that we know truth and we know you and we know and can be confident in our own decisions. And Lord, even further than that, that we can share confidently our faith in a way that portrays you and even portrays us because we are your representatives as kind, as gentle, as respectful as loving, that people would see the good news through us and they'd be invited to you through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you allow yourselves to just ponder our thoughts today? We're going to answer questions. We have no intention of answering stuff today. We're going to answer them over the next couple weeks. And would you just enjoy some worship now and just respond to God? Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest's podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information about Quest, who we are and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org.